Hey guys, welcome back to our Harvest Valor podcast. I'm Pastor Gabe Velasquez, and I'm so excited to spend a few minutes with you guys today and talk about an effective Christian life through a life of integrity. We're going to see what happens when you have it and what happens when you don't. Here's the definition of integrity. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. In 1962, Billy Graham was asked by a friend as they drove through the Swiss countryside, what do you consider the most important thing in life? Integrity, he answered. He said, you could choose between a billion dollar gift to spend for Christian causes, Russia's leader's conversion to Jesus Christ, or an open door to evangelize the entire communist world. Which would you take? Still integrity, he insisted. John Maxwell said, image is what people think we are. Integrity is what we really are. Billionaire Warren Buffett said this, in looking for people to hire, look for three qualities, integrity, intelligence, and energy. And if they don't have the first, the others will kill you. And finally, the famous theologian Bob Marley said this, The greatness of a man is not in how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively. Can you imagine if all the men in this world lived a life of integrity? The world would be a different place, for sure. But right now, the world is upside down and backwards in every way. Going in and out of a pandemic, different variants popping up. Our government seems to be in chaos most of the time. We can sure recognize that the devil has not changed his tactics in the assault on the family and the church throughout the ages, and the book of Acts records his efforts in three forms, persecution, hypocrisy, and distraction. In this podcast, we will see the results of hypocrisy. Our text is interesting on multiple levels, but it is a contrast within it we want to draw our attention to. We have recorded in our verses the church unified and we have the church protected from the infiltration of hypocrisy and self-promotion by God himself. We just went through the book of Revelation. Remember this? Revelation chapter 2 verses 18 through 25. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you, because you allow the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. Verse 23, I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. In verse 25, but hold fast what you have till I come. You know, since the comments of Thyatira are similar to the content of Acts chapter 5, that tells us that as long as the church is in the world, we will face decisions every day as to whether we are going to walk in or live controlled by the spirit or the flesh. So at the end of Acts chapter 4 and the beginning of Acts chapter 5, which we'll read in a minute, we have two exact scenarios here, but the exact opposite results. One man was walking in the spirit while one couple was walking in the flesh. So, guys, let's dig in and examine Satan's efforts to infiltrate the church with hypocrisy and see how God responded to those who chose the flesh over the spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. 
Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. Verse 35, And laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, or Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, in verse 37, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I love verse 33. It says, great grace was upon them all. That means that the church was being blessed tremendously by the hand of God to the point there was no lack among any of them. The unity of walking in the Spirit had the power over the desires of the flesh to the point that properties and houses were sold and brought to the apostles for the distribution of monies as needs were made known. Laying it at the apostles' feet is the equivalent of giving to the church. I'll tell you, the one attribute that all Christians should share is selfless generosity. God has been so generous to us, hasn't he? We also need to be generous to others. This is the one thing that we should all have in common, whether rich or poor. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also water himself. Proverbs 22.9, He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Isaiah 32 verse 8 says, Also the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words. Even when the needy speaks justice, but a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. Isaiah 32 verse 8 says, Also the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words. Even when the needy speaks justice, but a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. Guys, is God generous with us? Did he not give us the ultimate gift in his son? Did Jesus not give himself to the cross for our sake? Did he not give us the Holy Spirit when we were born again? God gives and gives and gives because it is a part of his nature and we are his children. And therefore, selfless generosity should not be a rarity in the church, but it should be the norm. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And men, be generous. God will be blessed by it, and you will be blessed as well. So guys, now as we enter chapter 5, let's meet our power couple, Ananias and Sapphira. Here we have a couple who owned property, and they too sold a piece of property, and came and laid part of the proceeds at the apostles' feet, and they declared that it was the full price of the land. Yet they conceived in their hearts to hold back some of the money, which they had every right to do, but they reported they gave all of it. So let me say a couple things about this couple before we go any further. Ananias' name means God has graciously given, and Sapphira means beautiful. Yet the actions of them hardly match their names. But what did they do? Well, what they did was lie to the Holy Spirit. Did you know there are six sins against the Holy Spirit? One, lying to the Holy Spirit. Two, grieving the Holy Spirit. Three, quenching the Holy Spirit. Four, resisting the Holy Spirit. 
Five, insulting the Holy Spirit. And six, blaspheming the Holy Spirit. One thing to take note is that this couple could have been Christians and they just were walking in the flesh. I don't know if they were, but if they were, they were not truthful. They were being hypocrites. A hypocrite comes from the Greek term that means to wear a mask. A hypocrite is an actor pretending to be something or someone that they are not. And if they were believers, think about this. Hebrews 12, 6 says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. So, back to chapter 5, verse 3. Peter says to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Basically, he said, You didn't have to sell the land, nor did you have to give all the money to the church when you did. What you conceived in your heart was lying to God, not to men. Verse 5, then Ananias heard these words and fell down and breathed his last. The Lord was not having any of this in his church. So now let's meet his wife, Sapphira, chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, burying her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. See, I think Peter was as surprised as anyone at what had happened to Ananias, but now he obviously knows what's coming. Yet he offers Sapphira the opportunity to come clean about their gift. It is interesting that Peter says to her, how is it that you agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 through 11 says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. In verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Try me can also be translated test me. And they, Ananias and Sapphira, tested the Lord in their giving just in the wrong way. Instead of trusting the Lord's faithfulness in their giving, they agreed together to promote themselves in the most hypocritical of ways and to keep back a portion for themselves. Peter simply asked Sapphira, did you sell the land for this much? And she said, yes. And Peter said, the feet of the young men who buried your husband have just returned and will now go bury you. I mean, it's crazy, but it's that important. Guys, a church that walks in the spirit fears God and hates sin. At the death of Ananias and now Sapphira, we see great fear came upon the church and upon all those who heard them, which would now include us. You know, the sin that brought about this radical reaction from God in, in an effort to keep the church pure was a hypocritical self-promotion, or we might say phoniness. Mark chapter 12, verse 38 through 40 says, Then he said to them in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greeting in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogue, 
in the best places at feast, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive a greater condemnation. This is what God was keeping out of the church, hypocritical self-promotion. God was having none of it, and neither should we, and here's why. Nothing hinders our effectiveness for God's kingdom more than surrendering to our flesh. Can you imagine if God dealt with us today the same way he dealt with them? Pastor Greg said, If God dealt with believers today as he did with Ananias and Sapphira, every church would have a full-time undertaker on staff and a morgue in the basement. People would be dropping like flies in the pews and in the pulpits. Who could stand, he asked. Yes, this is a hard scene within the early church history, but Barnabas in chapter 4 is mentioned before Ananias and Sapphira in chapter 5 for a reason that is to remind us that selfless generosity is to be a shared attribute among us all because greed is of the flesh and we are to walk in the Spirit. Guys, let me ask you this in closing. Are you walking in the flesh or the Spirit today? Are you holding anything back from God? Give Him your everything your time, your possessions, your family, and your future. Guys, let me ask you this in closing. Are you walking in the flesh or in the spirit today? Are you holding anything back from God? I would just say to this, give him everything, your time, your possessions, your family, and your future. We are to be men of integrity. We are to be men of God. And finally, let's be who God has called us to be, men of valor.